So starting today at this uh, 3.30 sitting, we'll be offering a guided meditation in the Brahma Viharas, which many of you are probably familiar with. Uh, The name means the divine abidings, and it refers to the four wholesome emotions that the Buddha really recommended that we cultivate for the freedom of the heart and liberation. And the first one of those is metta, loving kindness, or friendliness, unconditional friendliness, which we'll be starting today. The second one is karuna, compassion. The third one is mudita, sympathetic joy, which is just that ability to really take delight in other people's good fortune and happiness and well-being. And the last one is upeka, equanimity, which is that particular focus that we have for this retreat. And we'll be moving on to that one after a few days working with metta. And these practices are really complementary to the mindfulness practice, to the insight practice, because they help to really soften the heart, to relax all of that tension, which can build up from just spending a day really trying to see what's going on in our bodies and in our minds and all of that effort to show up and be present. You know, it has many benefits, but it can also at times become a little bit of a strain. So these Brahma Vihara practices really help the heart to relax and let go of any kind of struggle or straining that may have built up over the course of the last day. And if at any time during these guided meditations you feel a little bit overwhelmed, maybe by the feelings that are coming up that they might be triggering, or if it just feels like it's too complex, it's too much, Um, So just at any point you feel like these guided meditations are helpful, you can just go back to doing your mindfulness practice as you sit here. And for this kind of practice, we want to make sure that the body is comfortable because it's a little bit difficult to really connect with the heart and open the heart space if, if there's a lot of pain in the body. So do feel free to adjust your posture, you know, quietly with consideration for your fellow yogis. Um, but to adjust the posture as necessary, to find a comfortable position, to really uh, let the body relax so that the mind can reflect on all these beautiful qualities of heart. And the technique for this kind of meditation involves a couple of elements. So the first one is bringing to mind a mental image of a living being that you want to direct your feelings and wishes of goodwill towards. So there'll be this process of conjuring up a mental image or maybe a felt sense. And to begin with, we'll choose somebody that we could consider a benefactor. So this is somebody that we feel gratitude towards, maybe somebody that's been helpful in our lives, somebody who's shown us generosity, kindness. So somebody for whom there's that very natural sense of reciprocal goodwill and kindness that we feel. Maybe a teacher uh, or a mentor, or it doesn't necessarily need to be somebody that we even know. It could be uh, a public figure, somebody that inspires us with their teachings or their lives. So you could just, uh, with the eyes closed and kind of run through your mental inventory, 
of people in your lives and see if there's somebody that comes to mind that might be a good candidate as a benefactor. Somebody that when you think of their face, when you remember your interaction with them, there's just a very natural sense of of joy and kindness and goodwill that springs into the heart. Probably somebody that you don't have too uh, complicated or intimate of a relationship with. So somebody that there's not too much messiness with. Bringing their image to mind. Conjuring up kind of a felt sense of their being, their personality. Reflecting on their beautiful qualities the things that you admire or appreciate about them. And then when you feel like you have a felt sense, a mental image of this person in mind, then beginning to offer them the four traditional phrases of good wishes wishes of an unconditional friendliness and kindness. The first one is the wish that they might be free from harm, whether it's external harm from their environment, from other beings, from circumstances around them, and also freedom from inner harm, from the afflictions of the mind, that we really come to appreciate so vividly when we're here in retreat. The afflictions of mental suffering. So the first wish is this one. May you be free from danger. May you be safe and protected from inner and outer harm. And you can put that wish into whatever language feels uh, honest and sincere for you, however you would phrase that wish in your own particular words. And this may also take a little bit of experimentation to find the right words that make the heart resonate. So we connect with the mental image or felt sense of the person. We offer this good wish. And then we leave a little space to just check in with the heart and see how it responds to this exercise. It might be that feeling of goodwill and friendliness does arise as we offer this good wish and think of this dear person So then we notice that. Or it may be that a very contradictory feeling arises. Maybe a feeling of discomfort with this process, with with offering that wish. Maybe some feeling of our own unworthiness, 
could be anything really, even a feeling of animosity perhaps. So then we just notice that. Or it could just be that there's no particular response whatsoever. Just kind of neutral feeling. And then we just notice that. So whatever the response of the heart is to offering these wishes, we just check in and notice what it is and then move on. So the second traditional wish that we offer is for freedom from mental suffering, for happiness. Again, reflecting on what this means and putting it into your own words, offering this wish to this being. May you be free from mental suffering. May you be happy and peaceful. May you be joyful and content. And noticing how the heart responds to that. The third wish is for freedom from physical suffering. And this may be actual freedom from physical pain, discomfort, hardship. Or it may be the wish that uh, this person may be able to be at ease within their bodies and with their physical circumstances, whatever those might be, even if they involve some kind of illness or disability. May this person be able to be at ease within their physical experience. May you be free from physical suffering. May you be at ease with your body just as it is. And noticing the heart's response to that. The last traditional wish is what we call uh, the wish for ease of well-being, which we might think of as the wish that this person may be free from want, free from hardship, that they may be able to meet their needs, their basic needs in life easily and joyfully without having to struggle in the world. This is one that's particularly poignant these days in our society. May you enjoy prosperity. May you be able to care for yourself with ease and take care of those that depend on you. So continuing at your own pace, bringing to mind the felt sense of this benefactor in your life, and offering them these wishes and repeating them at your own pace. May you be safe. May you be healthy. May you be happy. May you enjoy prosperity.
may you be free from danger. May you be free from physical suffering. May you be free from mental suffering. May you be able to live with ease in this world. May you be safe and protected. May you be happy and content. May you be healthy and strong. May you be able to care for yourself and those who depend on you with ease and joy.
Shifting our focus now from our benefactor to ourselves. And seeing if we can offer ourselves these same good wishes, the same kind of unconditional caring and friendship that we offer to someone that's dear to us. So maybe getting a felt sense of your body as you sit here on the cushion. All of that tender flesh contained in your skin. All of the hopes and dreams, the longings, the obsessions. This whole being, this precious human being who is our constant companion, our closest and most intimate companion as we walk through this life. For some people, it's helpful to uh, maybe remember a younger version of themselves. If there's an image that comes to mind of you at an earlier point in your life, as a young child or a younger person. Or just as you are now. Whatever gives you the best sense of connection with yourself. And then beginning to offer yourself these very same good wishes. We all of us long for the same well-being in life. So we too are deserving of this kindness and friendship. May I be safe and protected from all forms of harm. May I be happy and peaceful and content. May I be comfortable and at ease in my body, just as it is. May I be able to make my way through this world with ease, in prosperity, without struggle or hardship. And just continuing at your own pace 
offering yourself your own kindness. And if at any point this feels too difficult or too challenging, then it's always fine to go back to the benefactor. And to continue with a a person that's easier so that we're not straining the heart. We're not pushing the heart to go anywhere that it's not comfortable. But really staying at that place with this practice that feels uh, healing and nurturing. May I be safe. May I be happy. May I be healthy. May I live with ease.
May I be free from danger. May I be free from mental suffering. May I be free from physical suffering. May I live with ease of well-being. shifting our focus now again and this time to consider someone that we think of as a dear friend so one of those special people in our lives that we share a friendship with whose company we enjoy, and that we feel a very natural and genuine caring and friendliness for, that we share our thoughts and our lives with, but who we may also have a somewhat more complicated relationship with, somewhat messier level of involvement. seeing who comes to mind. If there's a particularly close or special friend that presents themselves for this role. And again, conjuring up a felt sense of this being a mental image of them, a sense of their personality, 
remembering how we feel in their company. Maybe reflecting a little bit on what it is that we appreciate about this person. Their good qualities, their virtues. Offering them these same good wishes. These universal wishes of friendliness. May you be safe and protected. May you be happy and peaceful. May you be healthy and strong. May you live with ease in this world.
May you be safe and protected from all forms of harm. May you be peaceful and easy and happy in your mind. May you be content and relaxed and at ease in your body, just as it is. May you be able to care for yourself, to meet your needs and care for those who depend on you with ease and joy. And to close, seeing if you can extend your field of awareness out to permeate the hall here that we're sitting in. So without opening the eyes, seeing if you can reach out with your awareness to encompass all of us that are gathered here together.
ourselves, all of our fellow yogis, whatever staff might be here with us, all of our companions, our comrades on this journey for this retreat. Others of us that might be spread around the building, various rooms, the offices, the kitchen. Those of us that might be spread out around the grounds. So just taking in a felt sense of this this sangha, this community that is assembled here at this very precious moment in time. All of us with the same deep wish for well-being, the same fundamental longing for peace and contentment and ease in life. So can we offer these wishes to the whole community? May we all be safe and protected and free from any form of danger or harm. May we all realize that happiness and peace and joy that we long for. May we all be at peace within our bodies, however they might be. May we all be able to meet our needs in this world with ease, without struggle or hardship. be free from suffering. And may all beings everywhere be free from all forms of suffering. And since we're um, just starting this practice today, and I know for some of you this is probably a new practice, um, or even if it's not, 
we thought we'd leave a few minutes of, if you have any questions about the, the metta meditation. Ah, so the question is, when you're uh, generating the positive thoughts, are you still focus- focusing on your breathing? And uh, the answer is no. <laughs> so this is a practice where we let go of the, the mindfulness of the breath, and we're really shifting to this other focus of attention, which is bringing to mind uh, the image, the felt sense of the beings that we're directing the wishes to, and also uh, the meaning of the, the phrases. Uh, so as we're kind of repeating them, going at our own pace, uh, it can sometimes become a little bit of a, of a rote repetition. You know, it can become a little bit of a mantra. So part of this practice is to actually really stay connected with the meaning and to give yourselves the time that you need to really uh, take it in. You know, I know sometimes when I'm doing this practice, I kind of get into this rhythm. I'm repeating the phrases, and at a certain point, I've just kind of lost the thread of what, what I actually mean by them. So to, to include that as part of the practice, that the actual real, really the understanding of what it is we're saying. And then just to allow the space to see what arises in the heart. Yeah. yeah. When you started, you said there were four uh, accidents to cultivate. Can I, you said compassion, metta, uh, sympathetic joy, and then there's another one? Mm-hmm. So the, the four Brahma Viharas, the four uh, divine abidings, or uh, wholesome emotions, which really. Um, are the foundation for every wholesome relationship that we, we can have with other living beings. So the, the first one, the real foundation, is this metta, loving kindness, that we're doing today. Uh, then there's compassion, which is the response that comes out of that. The good, the, when we have that sense of well-wishing towards other beings, when we see that they're suffering, the natural response is uh, the desire to alleviate that suffering, the compassion, that wish that the suffering may be removed. Uh, then the third one is mudita, the sympathetic joy which is kind of the opposite side of that. So when, again, when there's that foundation of metta, when we see that other beings around us are enjoying those good conditions that we wish for them, then there's this very natural joy that arises out of that. So that's the third one. And the last one, uh, which is uh, really so fundamental to uh, this practice in many ways and really dovetails with the, the mindfulness practice that we're doing, is the upeka, the equanimity. So this is really uh, kind of a deep aspect of all, all four of these that uh, the understanding that as much as we may wish well for others, as much as we may wish to respond to their suffering, take the light in their joy, that ultimately we don't control other people's experience or their path. You know, that at, that at the deepest level we each have to walk our own path. So equanimity is that quality of heart that really sees that truth, that we, have, we all have our own path to walk. And as much as we would like to help, as much as we would like to create joy, alleviate suffering, things are just as they are. And at the end of the day, we have to accept that uh, each of us has the experience that we have based on conditions. So that's the, the element of uh, equanimity that's involved there. Can I ask a further question? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it has to do with this issue of acceptance. <clears throat> What's the difference between acceptance and resignation? Hmm. So the question is about the difference between acceptance and resignation. And one way of thinking about that is to understand that uh, maybe acceptance has to do with what's presenting itself already 
here in the present moment. You know, so it's like, what, what is here right now? What's come up? You know, and we see this in our practices, in our mindfulness practices we sit. Once something has arisen, you know, that difficult thought, that difficult emotion, the pain in the body, once it's there, it's already there. You know, there's nothing we can do about it at that point. The choice is just, do we open to it and, and, and accept it, or do we struggle with it? So that's dealing with the experience in the present moment. Resignation has more to do with looking into the future. You know, so even though something difficult has arisen, that doesn't mean that we need to resign ourselves to it always being that way. And recognizing that there are uh, constructive things that we can do in this moment to create conditions for things to change in the future, which is very much about what we're doing here. You know, we sit with the difficult things that arise and that opening to them, that acceptance of them is creating the conditions for the relationship to change in the future. So that's just, there's a lot that could be said around that, but that's a little bit of a way to, to frame it. Yeah, so it's, it's about, uh, equanimity is really about uh, uh, accepting out of deep wisdom that things are as they are, rather than resigning, to our, resigning ourselves to, to things being uh, not the way we want them to be. Yes, traditionally this practice would progress. Uh, so the three beings that we did today are usually the ones to start with. And then we would progress to, um, well, you'll see how it unfolds in the coming days. But basically, we move on to people that we call neutral people. So people that we don't have a particularly strong feeling about one way, one way or the other, positive or negative. Today, we kind of covered the people we have you know, basically a positive feeling about. And then eventually, we, we have a chance to practice with those people that are challenging in our lives. You know, That's more difficult. So the, um, with all of these practices of the Brahma-viharas, the, um, the strategy is to start wherever it's easiest and to stay where it's easy and to move at a very gentle pace. You know, so letting the, allowing the heart to open at its own uh, natural rhythm rather than trying to force it into places that it's not comfortable yet. So as we move through that progression, uh, the rule of thumb is always to, to stay at the place where you feel comfortable. So if we introduce a new a person, a new practice, and it feels like it's too much of a stretch, it's just pushing the heart too hard, then to really, what's most helpful is really to stay where it feels comfortable, to stay where it feels easy, so that the heart has a chance to, to just open, you know, like a flower of its own accord. You know, you can't pull the petals apart. You have to let it bloom uh, as the conditions are right, as, as its nature dictates. That's a good question. So the question is, it's supposed to be a visualization. And this is something that's a little bit individual, you know, because we all have our own uh, kind of um, intellectual styles, our own learning styles. So some of us are very visual. So bringing up that mental image really evokes a sense of the person. Um, others of us are more kinesthetic. So it may be more of a felt sense in the body of the emotions that are connected with our relationship with that person, or maybe even the sound of their voice if we're more auditory or remembering conversations we've had, we've had with them. So it's really just to, um, this is part of the creative and kind of the fun part of this practice, to, to experiment with what uh, ways of evoking that person bring their, a sense of their being most powerfully to our minds. So for each of us, it'll be a little bit uh, different. So it's to find what works best for you. Yeah.
Okay, one more. Oh, so this so the questions about offering metta to people that have passed away. Um, traditionally, that's that's not done, um, just for the reason that um, that person no longer kind of exists in the world in the way that that we can relate with them still. Which which these uh, phrases are kind of geared towards a relationship that's that's manifesting in the present moment. Um, but that being said, even though it's not traditional. Um, for some people, it's helpful, or for some people, it can can be rich. You know, if you have, if we have an idea of a person having gone to another destination after death, whether it's a, another plane or maybe onto another life, you know, we could think of them in that sense. Um, so, it's, so again, that's a little bit of a personal choice. There's a complementary practice to this that is typically done for people that have passed on, which is the offering of merit. Which I'm not sure if Steve is doing this with you guys at the end of the day. Traditionally. At the end of a day of intensive practice, we might take a little time to reflect on, you know, what have we done today? You know, we've been doing this amazing work here, you know, this really power, powerful, transformative work, uh, generating a lot of really wholesome qualities. And there's traditionally this idea that um, that wholesome energy, that good energy that we've, the good vibes that we've been generating here, is something that we can uh, dedicate to those that have passed on, you know, so we can uh, make the, we can make the wish or the resolve that uh, wherever they might be in whatever form they might exist, may they uh, benefit from the fruit of our practice, that they might uh, participate in that, uh, those good vibes that we're generating here. So that's the traditional practice for, for those that have passed on. Yeah. Okay, so we'll go back into the silence, and it's time now for walking. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.